doing? What are you? All right, welcome to episode 20 of the No Skips podcast. Hello, I am one of your hosts, Lisa. Hey, what's up? I'm Jack. He's doing totally normal stuff in the background. It's completely normal. Hi. Not throwing anyone off. Not throwing anyone off. We've been, I didn't even. Episode 20. Check it out. This is No Skips. What we do is we listen to classic albums. You can't no skipsies. Mm-hmm. Treat them, treat them like uh, like you're listening to an LLP. Some of them we actually have listened to an LLP, which true. is cool. Yeah, try it out. So for we have a lot of new listeners, which is amazing. Welcome. Uh, we hope you like the show, and if you don't, that's cool too. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But to give you a quick rundown of what this show is about, since you are new here, probably by way of the other No Skip show that started recently, let me tell you what we are about. We're a this thousand sh- years old. We are. <laughs> And we have no free time. We are two parents. We're a married couple. We are parents. We have three kids. Um, This show was born from um, a kind of loose idea I have for a New Year's resolution for myself, which was to finally explore music that I know I should, I knew I should have known. And and it's this is purely casual. If you are looking for really in depth, detailed. Am I too close? Too far? You're too far. I'm too far. If you're looking for really detailed, like deep dives into the history of the artist, the album, this is not what this is. This is a fun show. Well, fun in however you want to see it. We're having fun. We're having a blast. We would hope you get some contact fun off of it. Right. But But it's mostly for us. This is mostly, so uh, this is so I can get exposure to these albums. This is not a review of the albums this is me saying did i like it or not yeah it's an impression yeah we with three young kids i'm like my goodness i spent the last week potty training nightmare i get a few listens to the album at best and i get the the best i can to research a show or the album and the artist and and i we come here and we talk about it so just just to set the pace for what the show is and is not I yeah. hope you love it either way because it's, it's really just fun. It's sure, just, yeah, sure. We're not trying to be expertise. Uh, ex- we're not trying to 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 demonstrate expertise. We're not trying to de- demonstrate expert knowledge and in depth this and that. Yeah, I guess it is annoying to hear two old <laughs> old balls married couple like uh, clumsily recite a Wikipedia article. You can do that yourself. However. Uh, actually, I got nothing. That's no, he it. doesn't. You should. You, you should. You just could do it yourself. Go ahead. He's saying yeah. You go ahead. But yeah, this is this is purely for fun, and and that's all this is. So um, I hope you enjoy. And again, I'm, I as as some people have commented, Lisa, do you like anything? The answer is not really, but I do the best I can. And I've actually come <laughs> across several really. I mean, I, like I said, the Kanye West album, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. We, there are a lot of other ones that are coming up that I'm really. You excited gotta to try. Cover, hey, so. like we like we repeat to our small children turning their noses up to various wonderful foods uh-huh. you'd at least got to try for sure so that's what we're doing and in this week we are covering uh big brother and the holding company featuring janice joplin's album cheap thrills second album cheap thrills what year hmm? 68. 68 august 12th 1968 is when this dropped so my so. understanding is they uh got a lot of big hype on account of the monterey yes um, mm-hmm music festival appearance where she just tore everyone's eyebrows off uh with a live appearance and everyone's like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. she's on the map Mm -hmm. turned in a first lp which we haven't listened to so all you big brother and the holding company bros can just be like all right i'm turning this off that's okay and then the second album cheap Cheap Thrills. thrills i know this my my point of entry was um if you want 
a sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of like great songs that show up to certain emotional key moments the films of Martin Scorsese. Now it's it's old hat now where you'd put movies to pop songs, but Scorsese really pioneered the art where it's like this has a deep emotional connection to the scene at hand. And Bringing Out the Dead is I believe my exposure to the first track of this album and really? I was like what oh, is you love this? That movie. I love that movie. Yeah. And probably part of that we'll get into it, but that's still probably my favorite song off this album. My exposure to this is the occasional like throwback, listen to this old rock music compilation CD on TV commercial where they've just got nice. Janice like, come on. Yeah. And that's all, that's all I knew right. prior to this. Yeah. So. Jan- Janice, Janice is such an interesting figure. First of all, how many rockers rolling up with the name Janice? Not many. Not many. Not many. How many of them are Janice? also five foot five? So tiny. <laughs> well, maybe not. To, uh, that not, may be. Not many rockers named the rock the Janus. Not the Janus. Just saying. You can, yeah. she, she again. There's that. There's that singular quality. Every once in a while, and and we've covered several of them. In fact, over the length of the show, mm-hmm. there are people, and it 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 wounds you because you're like, I didn't get to know enough. There, they died tragically, right. and then so there's this big blank blank spot where you're like, how would they have grown and developed? Hopefully, taking better care of themselves, but mm-hmm. but boy, like Amy Winehouse, right? Right, it's, it's rough. Part like, of the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, Amy Winehouse came on the other day on the radio. And I was like, "Damn it, that voice! That one really stings. It hurts." Are we covering her? I don't think she's on here, but she should be. Damn we it, should. She should. Have be you on not here. spent time with uh, Back to Black? Not the entirety of the album. Well, there you go. Yeah, sure. that That's would another, be another another good yeah. uh, female singer. You're out of here, uh, the Carpenters. <laughs> I never, never. <laughs> I would much rather cover Amy Winehouse than the Carpenters. So there were a lot of things I didn't know about Janis Joplin before covering this album, which was awesome. For instance, I didn't know about Big Brother and the Holding Company, and I would like to take a moment and because I think when I was promoting this episode or trying mm-hmm. to talk it up a little bit here and there on social media, I was only saying Janis Joplin. That is deeply unfair. Mm-hmm. There, there were there were I didn't realize that and that's there was part this, of why I wanted to do this album as opposed to Pearl. Correct. So so Janis Joplin on vocals, Sam Andrew on guitar, bass, and occasional vocals, James Gurley on guitar, Peter Alban on bass, and other other guitar and Dave Getz on drums. So nice. that's that's Big Brother and the Holding Company, which later became Big Brother and the Holding Company featuring Janis Joplin, which has to sting a little bit as the band sure. to slowly be like, you've got this thing. And now the singer, I mean, it naturally happens that the singer yeah. is the front runner, but. But then she, she started her solo career and then died. And then your entire band's history, like I looking up one of these songs uh, ball and chain uh-huh. there was uh, a recording from some like recent concert of big brother and holding company and they've got some other woman filling in for Janis oh. joplin for their live shows because that's what people come to hear big brother and the holding company so mm-hmm. it's like i mean obviously if you're famous you don't you don't get to complain about why you're famous because well people will come to see your shows but right. it's fascinating how things can get bound up that way absolutely yeah and and now after her death they're kind of just under this carpet of her shadow you know they don't really get to come out of that oh i don't even know if they're even still alive or still doing anything but whatever you guys are doing i think they're still active well hats off to you guys keep it on. so it's 1968 and one of the craziest things about this album sort of a like i never thought about this way but then i also hadn't spent time with this album but it sounds live 
right? Right. It sounds yes. like and a that's live what album. Me okay, so so real quick backstory. You, there was confusion about what we were covering sure. this week because I originally found this, uh-huh. and You're I was like, like "This can't There's... be right. This sounds like a live album." Correct. And so I moved on to something else, which was not like a compilation of like it the... had like twenty something songs. Like, okay, hold on, like, like the greatest is... hits or something. Right. So go on with what you were saying. So yeah. it's fascinating because it's it's sort of like a. Uh, in my mind, it's almost a little bit of the, like a, a precursor to Kiss Comes Alive, right? Because Kiss okay. was a band that couldn't seem to get a commercial hit. Kiss Kiss? Kiss Kiss with all the makeup and everything. Else. The OG it's, Juggalos? Yeah, we, <laughs> exactly. Have proto, we ever proto, thought about that? Proto Juggalos. Pro, 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 absolutely were Proto Juggalos. <laughs> absolutely i'm that's so glad awesome. we defined that on this show today. we might have to do kiss comes alive that's an interesting idea no, it's not a you. classic but i said no thank you anyway <laughs> the point being is they had trouble because everyone's like oh my gosh the makeup the everything the experience these live shows are incredible and they couldn't get a commercial success and they're like okay well let's do a big live album and then they got static because people were like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, you use Studio Trixies. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, but it's, it is like, the we recorded from different nights. And so like w- the things that they did on that album are now basically standard practice, even for like comedy, po- uh, not podcast, but comedy like specials, right? You record over two or three nights so you can get coverage on like, oh, that joke didn't land this night. So you use Saturday night instead of Friday night, right? But But it was a big... Not a big scandal, but it was a little bit of a scandal because they were like, wait, this is a live album. But wait, they went back in and like tweaked stuff or like re-recorded a solo or did something to kind of like say, look, it's we're trying to show you this is a live band that's awesome. But as a live recording, like anyone's listened to a bootleg, you're kind of like... You had yeah. to be there, right? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so they I wish juiced I had, it, right? Exactly. The they yeah. juiced it to put, it, and so to bring it back to Big Brother and the Holding Company. What I'm really impressed with is that, and and to look at the 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 critical reviews uh, from when this album came out, they some people criticized it for poor recording quality, but it's so funny now, you know, you flip it, right? Especially after last year, live music is so much lesser than the sort of the preeminence of the recorded form. Mm-hmm. And to approach this album and be like very credulous about the idea of it being a live album, and it's not. It is, it is a studio recording, seven songs, only one of them was recorded live. The final song, Ball and Chain. Mm-hmm. And wow, Everything what else... A, what an crazy, what a crazy recording of that too. It is. Wow. Exactly. And so, so but, but, but they captured. I really think that even though that the the studio tricks are canned the the playing the energy more than anything because mm-hmm. i think that's what they're they had this reputation they had this reputation as a live act and i think they really captured that energy and i i as a listener now i mean you know maybe there are telltales you listen to a lot of live stuff back when you'd be like this is phony bullshit but it doesn't come off now it feels mm-hmm. so much more vital and immediate that's what I love. I love the tone. I love tone of the like the guitar tone, the bass tone. Mm-hmm. Like I really oh, yeah. love the way the album sounds, and I love how, uh, yeah, the energy, the energy like 
comes the up. The energy is insane. Yeah, the energy is, is really, Im- really impressive. I did not like this album the first listen through. It felt hmm. kind of, I was like, nope, I'm not going to, uh, this is going to be a tough one. It feels then, a little all over the place at first. It does, but then once you let it start seeping into the ground, you're like, no, this is very good. This mm-hmm. is this is something that garners your attention. This is good. I wanted to take a moment for anyone who didn't know Janis Joplin and her backstory very much. Oh, yeah, I wanted please to take do, a moment. So, so she, I, I, apparently her looks were a huge deal. I had no idea. She was not a very attractive really? woman by, by a lot of people's standards. I didn't know that. Um, apparently in, in one of the most like heartbreaking things I've ever heard of the documentary I was watching about this, she was apparently voted the ugliest man on campus at, the, at the university of Texas by some frat boys. So if you want to talk about like double, yeah, double fucked, for, right? Yeah. Like it's so bad. It's such a bad thing to say. And so, so that shit hurts you at your core. So this, these kind of deep pains and, and whatnot kind of led her into a life of, of alcoholism and drug use, um, heroin, meth and things like that. Um, but it's not like we've really escaped that as far as for female recording artists. Correct. You can be Tom York. You can be you can be a, a roof shingle that's been that's fallen off the roof and then left on the ground for 10, 10 years, and then you can have a recording uh, contract and do very successfully. You can look like absolute dog ass, but as a woman, there's yeah. a <laughs> there's a definite ceiling there. Correct. You're like. Oh, you could be you need to be talented, but you also need to be pretty for this. Correct. Yeah. And that, and, that we've not escaped. So this was tough to be someone with this this an incredible talent as a singer. Yeah. To to maybe have this looming over her, unfortunately. It's a shame that it was ever like that, but such is life. So she she's a very small woman, um, with an enormous personality, oh an enormous voice. The that voice, voice yeah. is insane yeah. and the fact that i read that she was five five just made it even funnier to me like how was all of this in this little person <laughs> sure. you know uh, it also recalls amy whitehouse amy whitehouse was, was maybe even tinier but yeah um apparently so so she also had a sweet spot for southern comfort as i as mm-hmm. i relate to you she would drink it from the bottle on stage Chow. as many artists would just drink water from a bottled oh, water boy. so um so yeah she was so but but taking all those things into consideration, it's really interesting to me to, to put these pieces together while listening to this album and going, this small woman with this incredible band has this electric energy, this insane voice, and it just it's uh, it's just so much better than I thought right. it was going to be. It's so That's so good. so. Side one, combination mm. of the two is the opening track. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is the woo woo. Sorry, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying <laughs> doing it right, but the. Yeah, I was just woo woo all week. There, there are very few like proper lyrics. There's a lot of vocalizing, and there's a lot of like almost like crowd work, like and yes. and talking to the other members of the band, like come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah, 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 and that's yeah. it. And I like, know. I, I usually try to review some of the lyrics for the, for the albums, <laughs> and, and this one I was like, you know what? I don't this. need the lyrics for this one. It's like, even not if they're what it is. I was like, e- that's yeah, that's not what this track is about. It's, this track it's just is pure a pure propulsion. I I likened listening to this song over and over again as like watching a daiquiri machine like it's real sweet it's fun you're, and then someone just pours rocks and sprinkles in it and just and you're just like yeah fuck that daiquiri machine yeah, up. Just get, like, yeah get it going so that's what it was like to me um i didn't like it on the first listen but it really it really stuck with me after the fact um they are going so fucking hard yeah on this song all of them and are. again it but w- w- other than the little the little st- color and this is a bill bill graham something no one remembers anymore i don't even know who it was but the wikipedia points out that this was like 
this was a guy who was like a, a big deal concert promoter. So mm-hmm. imagine a voice of someone you know, like, oh shit, this guy's doing the intro. Right. That's how you start the album off, ladies and gentlemen. Big Brother and the Holy yes, Company. Yeah. And so it's a really nice, like, it's such a small touch, but to, again, put you in the mood, put you in the, like, oh, they just came out on stage. I can hear the crowd. Like, you, you're thinking you're thinking about this recording and it is a recording it's a studio recording mm-hmm. but you're 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 oriented to the material in the terms of like what are they what are they going to show what are they going to give right. me in a live atmosphere mm-hmm. and it delivers yeah and 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 this whole listening to this song several times over really made me sad that I would never get the chance to see it performed yeah. live because this one seems like one that would be like if you got to see it live you're a lucky fucking dog I, I, and I, I feel like we're going to we're going to look up some some of the like actual mm. period recordings of this performed live yeah. after the show because I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Uh, number Track two, I Need a Man to Love. So this is the raspiest of raspy voices from Incredible. Janice. And and I, a couple of things. Vocally, this was interesting because it's, it, it's, how can someone be so quiet and so loud at the same time? It's like she's putting right. her foot on the pedal of her voice and just lightly revving it here and there. Like, yeah. She's got, she's, yeah. Right, the vocal control, but the mic control, and yeah, and and the fact that because this 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 band could make a lot of noise, yeah, and yet, <laughs> yeah, a running <laughs> competition as far as because when you that w- almost wailing kind of voice can just shoot right to the top, no mm-hmm. problem. Well, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Anita O'Day performance at the uh, mm. jazz jazz festival. Yes. Oh, what, the whatever jazz festival. Day at the, yeah. Yeah. Um, where she's playing on and off with the band. I, obviously, that's a special thing, but they sure. it reminds me, it, it, it's that kind of relationship where you yeah. guys have this. I mean, they were working so beautifully together, although I know that there were some some difficulties and struggles behind the scenes. Sure. There always are. Yeah. But you couldn't tell <laughs> from right. from some of this. Obviously, this is the finished version of this album, so any bad outtakes or any fighting sure. didn't make it up. But. They did a great job. They worked very fluidly together. It's fantastic. I need a minute. Also kind of sad because she did have trouble finding love as a result of the feelings that maybe she was not as beautiful as other women and and whatnot. And she just, she wanted to love people so much, it seemed, but was not really finding it very well reciprocated here and there. Or that all of her romances seemed really like fast and furious and then would just fizzle or like full. I I could be wrong on what I'm remembering from that, but didn't seem like it was going super well for her yeah. unfortunately she just wanted someone to love couldn't get so the song is a little sad in that regard as well but anything else on i need a man to love well again it's for this era and for this era of rock right again i return to the blues influence oh, how yeah. this stuff is hard earned if it's gonna if it's really gonna like come through and she's coming from a real place she's not she's not old Mm-hmm. But that voice, tortured as it already is from substance abuse, right, feels old enough, right? Yeah, her voice to me seems like if someone took a kitten and stuffed it into an angry smoking oh, saxophone. So, why is this kitten smoking a pack a day? Cats had a rough go of it, man. Yeah, and the saxophone is sm- <laughs> is on fire. Yeah, no, I hear the saxophone quality to it. There's a there's like the like when when they really when a saxophone is really p- 
pushes the stops, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a braying. It's like it's a, a screech. Yeah, yeah, there's a braying kind of quality. But again, but it's a pleasing tonality. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's so interesting to think about that, where where she could basically scream mm-hmm. and it comes off musically. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible control. Yeah. Yeah, things I did not know about Janis Joplin prior to this. Yeah, she she I mean, and it is this this album is a workout for for her and the listener thinking about like, oh my gosh, like yeah. Going uh, for by it. the way, there she's she was originally from Austin, which yep. is where we're from. Well, ish, we're in the suburbs <laughs> of Austin. Um, so it's funny to think like when you put that into that context, you're like, oh, sure. this makes sense. Yeah, this is a very Austin thing. Sure. that you've got going. Yes, you moved to San Francisco and and whatnot, right? Because it was the scene. You had to do that, of course. That's fine, but you've got the Austin aura will follow you wherever yeah. you go. So, yeah. although that's I don't neat. think she was originally from Austin, but she went to school at UT. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, whatever the case is, Summertime is track three, the old favorite Summertime, but done in the the, the way of the Joplin. Yeah, I say Big Brother and Hold the Company featuring Janis Joplin style. Yeah, very bluesy, very loud, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Not really much else to say about that one. It's it, it, You should listen to her version. You should listen to this version of it. Yeah. You know and that's, summertime. And that, again, I, I, th- I think that to me, it's kind of sad that... Because this is what we talked about, right? It's like the idea of the album as the modern form of the album started to develop more, especially through the 60s, which is what I would argue. I could be off base on that. But like like through the 50s, right? It was mm-hmm. more common to everyone just do do standards, record standards, or record gospel, or record whatever, right? And certainly in blues, that was more common as well. But then... Like where things got the more of the onus to do original material and mm-hmm. to make the album as a document and as a, as a as a coherent artistic statement, it's great. I love some of my very very most famous favorite not famous <laughs> um, favorite albums are like that. They are coherent artistic documents. However, to get to know a band, it's awesome to have a baseline where it's like. Everyone's recorded this song. Right. What's right. your version of the song? Oh shit! I know this song. What are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Like yeah, this exactly. is what Joplin does with this song. So yeah. it's like it's it's cool to imagine. Like, I mean, imagine some of your favorite bands having just a couple of songs. Maybe they don't do it well, but like, I feel like really inspired covers aren't what they used to be right. because. In the 60s, especially, like we didn't cover it, but in Sgt. Pepper's, uh, a little help from my friends is a Beatles track. But then Joe Cocker, roughly in this era, does this super soulful, like tearing his heart out kind of cover version. And he kind of stole a lot of thunder from the Beatles. And you imagine doing that, right? (laughs) Like taking a Beatles track and be like, hey, check this out. Boom! And then everyone goes, holy shit, right? Mm. And so that's that's what's... I think that's an important part of like listening to an album like this because it's seven tracks, three of them, so nearly half of the entire album are covers. You can kind of say that from a modern perspective. You're like, ah, kind of loafing it, right? Kind of mm-hmm. not... It's like, no. No, it's no, okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's part of the like... You get sometimes more out of a cover than you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun to think about that. I was going to compare the Rihanna Tame and Paula cover of, yeah. of um, oh boy, 
that one. Wow. I love Tame Impala and I love the song. Why can't I think of it? Same old mistakes. But contrary to your whole argument, she actually loves the track so much that she does it <laughs> in the exact way that, that Tame Impala had. So whatever. That was a lost comparison that's, there. Good job, Lisa. Yep. Uh, Peace of My Heart will wrap up side one. Um, talk about another incredible track of course this is this is the one i knew janice joplin from from all the uh rock right rock well and just CDs. just like we were talking about though this is a this is an example of this is a cover go and listen to the original emma, emma, emma green hold on i just i just looked this up i i knew i knew the cover but i didn't actually know oh ours where is it whatever the case is what were you going to say about it uh, yeah, it is Emma Franklin, Peace of My Heart. The original is incredible. It is really? a great song, a great recording. Um, but that's just the, the, them as the breaks, especially, especially for unfortunately, especially for black artists through much of the 20th century and as now, if you get covered by someone who has more sway, then that version can get a lot more play. Right. But the, the the Franklin original of Peace of My Heart is incredible. And, I mean, no no shade on Joplin for making it the one version that everyone knows, but right. that's that, that to me is an impressive thing where it's like the original is not... Because oftentimes some of the best covers either either dramatically different or filling in some kind of secret sauce that the original didn't possess mm, I you see know what you're saying yeah, yeah yeah whereas i mean the original is so good and yet both stand on their own merits right so if you haven't heard it i'm emma gonna go franklin, back and listen to yeah. it yeah emma franklin peace of my heart it's an amazing track and again it's coming from when with joplin singing and that's what i think made it famous in her taking of it because it's like she didn't take that song she didn't take these words of someone else and use it yes someone else wrote them but She's coming from a real place there, and that's what makes that recording not only the incredible voice, but true conviction. She's coming from a very like tortured, sad place singing this song. Mm-hmm. It comes through that recording. Good point. Good point. That ends up, or that closes yeah, out side it, one. Side one. Side two opens up with Turtle Blues, which may be the worst title of a song I've ever heard, <laughs> but it's a sure. good song. Her yeah. voice is very clear and lovely in, in pieces of this one. It's got a nice bluesy sound going yep. for it. Again, surprisingly good pacing, I would say. Yes, yeah. Overall for the album. Yeah. Um, I didn't have much to say about Turtle Blues because Oh Sweet Mary and Ball and Chain just totally owned side two for me. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Turtle Blues was good. It was good. But Oh Sweet Mary is like the biggest ball buster. That one, that one sneaks up on me every time I've listened to this album. Because Turtle Blues kind of sets you up for like, okay, this is going to be, this is this Right, is we're, 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 we're rounding outside too. Time to like put the foot off the gas. The it's fine. The Sweet Mary comes in and just fuck, and just, just knocks the door down. Yeah. Grabs you by the nostrils a la, <laughs> was it Ryan Gosling from <laughs> the, 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 the jaw? The mouth, exactly. The, mouth, that's the right, top jaw, the, yeah. Oh, can it, you imagine someone pulling you by your nostrils? Oh, I just upset too. myself. <laughs> Only God Forgives. Watch it. It's a great movie. That's a, that is a great movie. I've seen it exactly 0. 0.75 times because <laughs> it's too spooky for me. Um, but yeah, Oh Sweet Mary, the song rules. Everyone's yeah. at their best. Yeah. The, oh, it's just so good. I don't know what to... I, you should... If you, if you like old version of me, want to skip around and just want to listen to a few tracks on this one, I wouldn't recommend that. But if I had to, 
Oh, Sweet Mary is a really good one. Yeah. To make sure you give it's a impressive. listen to. Yeah. And, and on that, I mean, especially thinking about Led Zeppelin's four really put it into sort of starker relief. I've been knocking around this before I started listening to albums on records, which let's be honest, Mystique is there. However, scientifically speaking, there is no like greater audio fidelity there. I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's, you know, ghost in the machine kind of level of fidelity that we're not getting. And that's subconsciously there. As long as I'm not there. dropping the album on the floor. Then <laughs> like yeah. I have and you have. Yeah. Yes. Pink Floyd all over the floor. But, um, but, but really what gets it when you're listening to vinyl is the presence of this side versus that side, because yeah. there's not possible to bridge that gap. So you have to tell a story and resolve it on one side. And there's an art there that I think some albums without the LP convention no longer have. Not only there's an art, there's a, there's a restraint, and then there is also a, a minimalism mm. that Led Zeppelin's four brought to the four was saying, hey, this album, four songs, side A, four songs, side B. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fuck around. And ain't no skits <laughs> no yeah. no no ambient tones or mm, dialogue or whatever like this is it we're right. not gonna waste your time and to think more on like the just the side a side b not a second um not a second disc at all as the kind of like platonic ideal of an album listening experience mm-hmm. not a lot more than about 40 minutes mm-hmm you can listen to it comfortably in one sitting. And if you really like one side, you just throw that side back on. Yeah. It's, it's going to be that easy. It's going to be that easy. And and, and to, it's just so fascinating to me because as I, as I explained to you, why are CDs roughly 72 minutes long? It was a bunch of CD engineers being like, how the fuck long should we make these things? 100 minutes? 90 minutes? I don't know. And they're like, what's the one piece of music you absolutely cannot break up in terms of a listening music experience? And it was like Beethoven's, you know, sixth, seventh, whatever. I ain't, I ain't no Beethoven man. Um, <laughs> That's apparent. But it was... <laughs> <laughs> but but that, was, that was literally like the arbitrary cutoff point. They're like, okay, this... This symphony needs to be able to be was, listened to. It was to. based on that, really. Yeah, absolutely. I this hate is, everybody. This is not. Well, I mean, you have to, you have to pick something. Everything is ultimately arbitrary. hundred. Why do people not just? Why do people bypass the hundred thing all the time? It's so simple. Just go to a hundred. That's your baseline. Dollars, <laughs> hundred cents. Hundred. No, you're just making it because it's not a nice round number. That's an hour it and forty a- minutes. No, no. One hundred minutes. No, here's the thing. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm. I'm it I'm, doesn't matter. That's not what this is about. What this is about is about the kind of like essential rhythms of music and of how people are. People have certain like. There's a reason pop songs weigh in from about two to four minutes. Yeah. You know, and so give me three or four of those. Flip it over. Give me three or four more. Done. Then leave me alone. Then leave me alone. Yeah. And like and don't waste my time. That's really what it comes down to. If you're gonna if you're gonna ask for my time, don't waste my time. And it's cool to look at an album like this and be like Exactly. At first blush, it doesn't necessarily maybe have the best impression because you're like, you're kinda all over the place, guys. 
It just took a minute to get. For me, it was just taking like a moment on to get on their wavelength. wavelength. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it was for me. Was mostly that. So, oh sweet Mary, give it a listen, and then they close out the original release. So we're only covering the seven original release right. tracks. We're stopping at Ball and Chain. Ball and Chain is the final track on this album. Um, it is the heaviest way to end this album. It's yeah. it's good. It's so good. Um, the guitars are so screechy and sultry. They mimic and Janice's this, this voice. being the actual live recording yes, from, yeah. from the album, which wow. is great. Wow. And, and and really, you wonder if that's not how they decided to make the whole album sound live because it was like, well, you can't have this incredible document sound weird and you know out of step with the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to bring everything else in line with this because this was like, was a famous you know kind of song and right, recording right so and yeah again just just like just like i mentioned earlier she can be so loud and so quiet at the same time mm-hmm. and this is a prime example of how she does and and ball, ball and chain damn i don't know Th- this album is good i did not like it first listen second or third listen it really stuck it's very good is it going to be one i'm going to come back to very often probably not but sure. i might because now that i kind of know the backstory there's some, there's some depth to keep exploring there right yeah, especially especially that last one where you hear you hear the crowd respond like yeah. that's there is it's rare to be like I totally want to hear you dumb bitches make noise <laughs> on a recording of music. In fact, I myself it takes a lot to get me out of my seat and go and deal Correct. with going to a live show. It is yeah. probably because the form of it isn't like oh I'm sorry I'm just gonna go see people tear their shit out. Yeah. Like, and that's what you get on that final recording. It's like, it's at the end of the album for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can say after that. Right. And I've been to, I've, I've went to a ton of concerts in high school and college. And a lot of people were just making a lot of noise. And, and were they good musicians? No, not always. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but were they playing their heart out? Probably. But if you could actually couple that, that showmanship with good music as well oh, yeah. and real energy that creates something worth listening to. Well, and, and, and the crowd, right. There's, there's even if you have all that and the crowd's not there for it, that's, that's the tragedy of a live that's show, right? True. Oof, that's true. Cause there are great shows that people aren't paying attention to. And so to, to, to be, or I'm mean, like, I did, you know, a theater in high school, right? Theater's the same way where you're like, I'm really giving it. Then the crowds, like their energy is off. Their vibes are off at Applebee's. Um, <laughs> They're just on a different <laughs> wavelength. And so, but you hear it. That's what's so exciting to hear that sound is like she probably drunk on stage, doesn't matter. She's in a flow state where she's creating something. And this is in relationship to the audience, in mm-hmm. relationship to the band with her. Right. And it's in sync. And you hear, you can hear it on the recording. She changes her approach and you hear the audience respond. Yeah. You hear them. They, the, 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 the energy ebbs and flows and, and, and the crowd is fully present. Correct. How could you not be? How could you not be? I, I, this, this is one that's going to hurt to not ever be able to see live. Yeah. I mean, basically most, most every band right. we've covered to date will never <laughs> sure, be able to see sure. live, which is so sad. We probably still see Erica Badu. A lot of them. Yeah, exactly. You what was the, Erica. who was the, Radiohead. Legal, legal case. Radiohead. Radiohead. We could wheel them out on wheelchairs. And let's, let's, let's all see them. 
I would love to just lay down somewhere and listen to Radiohead play. Tom York is with you. Not because I'm on drugs. The way. Not because I'm he, on drugs, but because it feels good to lay down. Yeah, and Tom York is like, I want to lay down too. Can we? This is, you know, the, the, the Flaming Lips are famous for doing the first headphones only concert, right? Where the oh, entire crowd right. is with headphones. Tom York is like, no, fuck it. Everyone's laying down for this concert. This is called Hammock Fest <laughs> featuring Tom York. <laughs> Come take a nap with me. He, play, he plays out the ambient track at the end, and everyone was just. It's great. But, I love huh, it. What? So that's uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company featuring Janis Joplin's Cheap Thrills, 1968. Go listen to it. Unfortunately, she died, I believe, in 1970, so not long after. If yeah. I recall, I think it was 1970, 1971, but I think it was 70. R.I.P. Janis. Gone too soon. 27 Club, rough one to enter into. Do you have a takeaway word for this album? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna be to I'm gonna say raucous. Raucous. I probably had used good. raucous on something else, but raucous I don't is think right. You have no. It is raucous. Um, it is. Uh, I will use the word fiery. That's a very good way to describe it. Because be- because it's not. Um, even though yes, she would go on to do her her brief solo. Um, very very abbreviated, unfortunately. Um, tragically abbreviated solo uh, career af- off of this. The tension of like even just the because ba- that's the thing you want as an artist you want to ha- you want to be challenged you want to be you want to be s- in a place where you're pushed to do your best work. Right. And imagine trying to play music with a voice out front like that. It's like, well, I can't loaf it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I, if she's out there doing that, what am I doing over here? And that's, I love, especially with the, um, that, uh, that first big kind of like, it is, it's almost like an animal y'all is, Y'all, not y'all. Y'all. That's animals te- saying that's y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the first big, the first big sort of guitar peeling sound uh, in on the opening track. Right. Combination of the two is it. It's a really great tone, but it sort of announces itself as to say, "Hey, I'm here too." Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're here too. Yes, and it's important to remember that it was not just her. Right. As easy as much as as much as I wanted to just say Janis sure. Joplin, it's like no, this was not Janis yeah, Joplin. So thank you for correcting and, me. And 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 they're and they're like and they're working. And in fact, that was probably so much of the the magic of of this album mm-hmm. is like when people are doing people are doing singular things, right? People still know Janis Joplin's name. No one knows the names of Big Brother and the Holding Company. They may not even know the band's name. You didn't know the band's name, know. brothers. Yeah. Never heard it ever once before in my life. So so. It's like that, and that's what they that's what they they saw, right? They're yeah. like, she's a shooting star. We got to we got to step up, and and I think this this album is a cool document of that. It absolutely is. Well, there so it there is. That's cheap thrills. Um, next week we have decided on an artist whom I've always struggled with, which is unfortunate because I know I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> and get ready, get ready. <laughs> uh, we are covering David Bowie's "The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust." There it is. I. We'll see how this goes. Because again, this is how I probably felt about Pink Floyd. This is probably how I felt about all these other artists. In yeah. you know, you turn a corner at some point during the week. But as of right now, I'm uh, color me a very finely colored uh, hesitation. 
Mm. Hesitation mark. We hesitation invented new mark. punctuation to describe how you feel. It's a yes. hesitation mark. Yeah, but I know I'm wrong about David Bowie. That the only thing I the only thing I know about David Bowie, and I'm I'm embarrassed. Is to dance magic dance from from Labyrinth. No, is um <laughs> is is I'm afraid of Americans, which is not a bad track. To oh, know. it's awesome. It's a dope ass track. Yeah, but I am also afraid of Americans as an American. Such a good so song. It hey, is. here's the problem. Just with with David Bowie, I I honestly had a lot of trouble picking the entry point. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not wrong. No, no, ways. not not you are absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. No, you're absolutely wrong. It, it's just it's just that like he was for he to me he's the original like chameleon of pop music where like Madonna have Was he had, a pop artist? Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know. This is how little I know about okay. David Bowie. So, so. so like Madonna and the other, some of these other acts that are like, oh, they're always reinventing themselves. Uh-huh. Not. No one did it to the degree that David Bowie did. Interesting. Okay. David That's Bowie to know. Was, was, was active in the 70s. Actually, maybe no, no, late, late 60s. We'll, we'll, we'll report anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah. To show up in the 90s, fully 30 years into your career, and for Earthling, which is the Afraid of Americans comes from, is Goldie, who is a big drum and bass guy, jungleist, you know, kind of sound from the UK, and Trent Reznor Damn. were like his go-tos for working on that album. That's of the moment then. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's to a really be good point. Yeah. 30 years into your career and be like, no, here are the guys I'm tapping right. for my album now. No one's no one's that good, and no one was. He was the entire career is we're 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 stopping no skips. It's just going to be called Bowie Cast, and it's going to be it's going to be the worst David Bowie podcast because everyone else has covered him with 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 far better historical reference points and I'm going to go fervor, get a, but I'm going to go get a picture of David Bowie tattooed on my back before the end of this week just yeah. so that I can I don't even know if I will like him I'm probably gonna hate this <laughs> right it's, it, but it's it's an act of you know it's an act of faith it's just like you know what I feel like eventually I won't look at this tattoo and cry eventually <laughs> eventually here's hoping here's we, wake up Wednesday morning <laughs> why did I do oh, it no. I got I got Siggy <laughs> Dardust on the why back why did I do this myself why did I, I read a tattoo gun I and do it myself? I it's did it so in the mirror, it's backwards. No matter, no matter how you look at it, it's backwards. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop. We're, we're calling on that one. Anyway, yeah, enjoy enjoy Cheap Thrills. Or not, but you're or wrong don't. If you don't. I don't care. Throw it no, in the trash. I Print care. out the picture and burn it. No, it, it was a good don't album. Go listen to it. Go yeah. listen to it, guys. Um, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, much you want to do want to do your homework? Ziggy Stardust. The rise and fall. Rise of and fall. That despite its its big name, it's a it's a good trim album. It's really yeah. It's it's twelve tracks, but it's it's not it's not long. Well, all right then. Well, we have our marching orders. Let's go. Until next week. Bye, guys. Bye.